What if you don't have to show up as a certain larger than life version of yourself? What if you just get to be you? What if that's celebrated? And what if that's exactly where you're meant to be? Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Gather and Growth. I am so grateful that you are here. And I feel like an alternate title for this episode could be, here's a big giant life update. Because, wow, you have walked through this whole past season with me as I've been navigating a lot of changes and doing a lot of work to get to the place that I am today. So I want to bring you up to speed on especially what the last couple of weeks have had in store some lessons I've learned along the way, and some pretty big news. So buckle up. Um, but I promise there's going to be some things in here that I think will make you think in the way that that they have made me as well. So first, I got to rewind a little bit to leading up to Cultivating Courage. So a few weeks ago, I had the absolute honor of emceeing for Cultivating Courage for Whitney Larson's event, which was absolutely incredible. But leading up to it, I am not going to lie, I spent two whole therapy sessions talking about it. And I actually opened up for this when I got on stage because there's just something in my heart that said someone else is experiencing this in their own way. I think there's something about, you know, coming together with women that we admire and that, you know, we want to connect with that there's like a little middle school version of ourselves that pops up that's like, oh my goodness, like, will they love me? Will they accept me? am I enough? Which is a lot of what I had been really processing in therapy for the past couple of months off and on anyway. You know, when I was doing EMDR, I kept coming back to this, like, I'm not something enough, whatever that might be. That's the soundtrack that I I kept thinking that was playing in my mind. And what we ended up getting down to is that I have this lifetime of micro experiences where I've had to fundamentally change who I am in order to keep myself emotionally safe. So that, you know, trickled into this anxiety of, okay, I've been hired for this really big part of the event. I want to do a great job, make Whitney proud. Here I am coming together for the first time with so many women that I've been following online for years who I admire. I am meeting friends that... I have known and have deep, like deep connected relationships with online and I get to meet them in person for the first time. I'm reuniting with women who have come to my retreat. I get to meet for the first time women who have been in my masterminds and I have the opportunity to meet hundreds of other of women and build all these meaningful connections. And so I had really stressed myself out about having enough energy or capacity or time to really dedicate myself to all of these different things 
which now looking back on it, I'm like, why? Why? But the funny thing is about anxiety and, you know, just the stories that our brains sometimes tell us is that they're not always based in reality and that they can build upon each other and spiral out real easily, whether or not we want them to. So anyway, cultivating courage was incredible. So many of the fears and insecurities that I walked into that room with melted immediately, immediately. And I was able to 1000% be myself and give so many hugs and have meaningful conversations with people I care about and new friends. And it was incredible, incredible in every sense of the term. (laughs) But if you were there, you also know I could not stop crying. It was like every, every other time the mic was in my hand, I would end up tearing up. Or when someone else was speaking, I would end up crying. Now, granted, it's a vulnerable, kind of emotional experience. You know, we're all going through this together. People are talking about all sorts of different stuff. So it's not weird that I was crying. There were certainly many opportunities where many tears were shed. But I felt like I just could not get it together. On top of that, I was not sleeping well because, you know, just traveling, not at home, like really amped up. I get a lot of energy from being around people. So it's hard for me to like decompress at the end of the day. And then on top of that, just like the anxiety that was in my brain. And so on the way home, I am going to be completely honest. I My brain was mean. I, on one hand, was so grateful. Like I was sitting in so much gratitude for the women that I was with, the experience that we had, so many of the conversations and just what a blessing it was to be part of it. But in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, like what is wrong with you? Why couldn't you stop crying? Like you fumbled over too many words. How embarrassing. Like everyone that told you you did a good job is just making it up. And in my, I kept catching myself and being like, that's not true. But I was so tired, just emotionally zonked by that point that I don't think I was having rational thoughts. And mind you, it's then two o'clock in the morning and I'm still driving home. And I was crying again. And I was like, I have never in my life felt like this. Like I cannot handle how strongly I am feeling. I cannot stop crying. Like I think, I think that I need to talk to my doctor about medication or something because this does not feel normal. Like I just felt so broken and scared and like, what the heck is going on? I just had this wonderful weekend and yet I feel so emotional. So anyway, finally get home, get some sleep, wake up in enough time to love on my kids and send them out the door to school, conk back out It's then 11 or so in the morning. I start unpacking. I start texting my husband. And I'm like, hey, remember how all weekend my period still wasn't starting? And he was like, yeah. Now, mind you, all weekend, he's like, you're probably just stressed. I know you've been anxious. You're dealing with a lot. Like, it's fine. And he goes, hmm, maybe you should take a pregnancy test. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think I do still have one of those somewhere. Mind you, our kids are almost six and almost four. And so without thinking too much of it, I take the old test and it sure enough, it's positive immediately. 
And you know the Taylor Swift song? I think it's Bejeweled, but it's like the Instagram audio that's like, nice. That's all my brain could say for like an hour. I was just like, okay. And instantly, instantly after the like news had sunk in, I felt nothing but relieved. I felt calm. Like every ounce of, (laughs) oh, I don't even know. Every ounce of like the stress or like emotional overwhelm I had had, it was gone immediately. It was, it was like my body knew, obviously, and I didn't. And I remember this with, uh, I think I was pregnant with Everett and I didn't know yet. And I had gone back to the summer camp that I used to work at and like filled in for a week. And I was with all these teenage girls and I couldn't stop crying. Like they were making me cry. <laughs> so apparently this is just my body's like first warning sign that I actually am going through massive hormonal changes. No wonder I couldn't keep my, you know what, together. Oh my gosh. So needless to say, the past week and a half or so has been a lot of processing and just kind of figuring stuff out. But truly, I feel nothing but excited and relieved and ready even though I did give my husband the go-ahead to get a vasectomy in November. (laughs) And he said, okay. And then December, I was like, hey, about that. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. It just feels so permanent. I'm going to Hang tight on that for a second. (laughs) So this was most certainly not in our 2023 bingo card or ever, but we are ecstatic. And it is a harvest baby, which I've never had. Both my my other kids were born in March. And yeah, when I told my father-in-law, I was like, I'm sorry. He was like, oh, it'll be fine. I'm like, okay, you say that now. So if anyone else has a harvest baby, please holler at me and let me know how it actually went. But I think the thing that feels so exciting this time is I am a vastly different person than I was when I was pregnant with my first two. A few weeks before we moved back to the farm, like we were still living in Southern Illinois in full on college kid party mode. You know, even though I was teaching at the time, Andrew was in his undergrad. So you know, we moved back to the farm. I got pregnant with Everett 11 days later. I started teaching um, later that fall. I, you know, was pregnant, had him, switched jobs. Like we bought farms, we bought this house, we renovated this house, we had Alita, we moved into this house. Like I was working like crazy. It's just like life was happening so fast. We were going through so many changes as a couple and as a family and within ourselves. We were growing up in the, you know, four years of pregnancy and postpartum around my my first two. And so, you know, it wasn't until I was six months postpartum with Alita that I even started my health journey or understood what personal development was. And that was, gosh, almost four years ago at this point. And every single ounce of the way that I'm thinking about this from what I'm capable of doing during pregnancy to what labor and delivery is going to look like to postpartum and and life after, it just feels like I know and trust myself differently than I did then. I know physically, mentally, and emotionally how to take care of myself so much better. Like, 
I I actually had a checkup with my functional health person this morning and she was asking how I was feeling, you know, besides being freshly pregnant. I was like, I feel great. Like, I feel like I have a brain back in my head. This week I was in therapy and she said, Emily, like you are in such a good space. And there's, you know, a few other things that we want to work through, but she's like, I don't even think we need to meet every week. And I'm like, are you breaking up with me? Please don't break up with me. I want to be here forever. <laughs> she's like, I know, but you don't, you don't need it right now. Like you have really let go and processed and worked through hard stuff. And, you know, then she was kind of asking me some questions directly related to things that I said in the first week or two of therapy. And then right before we started EMDR and then even following and even right before Cultivating Courage. And she was like, how does that resonate with you now? And I'm like, I have not even thought about that. I don't even know how long, like that does not even cross my mind anymore. And I'm like, that makes me feel like I made it up. Like, how does that, how does that happen? And she was like, that's kind of how therapy works is there's something that's so all consuming. That's really holding you back. That's really bottlenecking where you want to be and going through the process of talking it out and, you know, doing things like EMDR and doing reprocessing. And she's like, that's the magic of it is you just, gosh, I'm like going to start crying again. (laughs) You just wake up one day and it's, it's not there anymore. And it's not that it never existed. It's that your brain has done the work to, to rewire and give you space for a totally different reality. So I just feel content. I feel so happy. And it just, it's such a relief, such a relief. And I know that life is always full of ebbs and flows and ups and downs and, and changes. And there are seasons of growth that are fun and seasons of growth that are so hard. And I know after, you know, October till now, what it looks like to mentally and emotionally really go through some stuff and then come out on the other side, which I've since the beginning said since the beginning that I hold hope onto a better tomorrow. And I finally feel like I'm living in it. Like, does that sound cliche? (laughs) Does that cliche sound cliche to say? Anyway, so you know, if I had to bestow some concrete takeaways, so this isn't just a, you know, memoir of the last couple of weeks of my life, I think about what my therapist told me as I was approaching Cultivating Courage. She said, Emily, what if it's safe to just be you? What if you don't need to hold on to any anxiousness over what someone's going to think of you? What if you don't need to make yourself any smaller or any bigger or any anything? What if you don't have to show up as a certain larger than life version of yourself? What if you just get to be you? What if that's celebrated? And what if that's exactly where you're meant to be? And gosh, that was so meaningful to me. And I think that so many of us do that in our own situations, you know, like making micro changes over who we are and what we think and how we show up to not only make someone else comfortable, but protect ourselves from feeling excluded or embarrassed or othered. And I want to share with you that there are people in the world who love you exactly as you are today. And in fact, probably love the version of you that's the most you the most. 
And if you don't have those people in your life right now, gosh, darn it, that stinks. But they're out there and you can find them and you deserve them. And also I think about what evidence (laughs) do I have to support? You know, a lot of times we create what we think other people are saying or what we think other people are viewing us as. We like create these stories in our mind and they aren't always based in reality. They feel very real to us, but more often than not, no one's thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are because people are inherently selfish and thinking about themselves. They're not spiraling out on what they think you're like. They're worried about how are they showing up? Are they enough? (laughs) And if they are spending time talking badly about someone, it's shining a really big part of insecurity on their part. So if there's anything I learned from that, it's that it's safe to be you. And if there's anything I've learned from this this newfound news. It's that, you know, you make a plan and God laughs and it's already been decided. Um, So funny at the beginning of this year, like at the turn of January, as everyone's writing out their goals and figuring everything out, I said for a few weeks, like, I'm not ready. I cannot put it to words yet. Um, Last year was such a big year for me in so many ways. Like, Everything that I said I wanted to bring to life, I did, which I'm very proud of. But also, like, I had very little awareness of what kind of energy that was going to require. And I knew going into this year, I wanted to be more aware of that. Like, what are the big things that I want to accomplish? What's the kind of impact I want to make? How do I want to show up for my family? How do I want to show up for myself? Like, I really wanted to look at this big picture. Um, And for a few weeks, I couldn't quite couldn't quite nail that down. And then interestingly enough, interestingly enough, after, after that little tiny, little tiny BB was already in my belly. It was like that week I was able to lay out exactly what I wanted 2023 to look like. You know, I wanted to do a couple of rounds of masterminds. I wanted to obviously pour into this podcast. I decided I wasn't going to host another retreat this year. And even though that had been like all my plan all along. Oh, I'll do one in the spring, do one in the fall. I'm like, you know what? I think I, I think I need to pick a date for next year, but I don't think I want to do another one this year. I had decided I wanted to spend some time starting to write a book and do some more projects that were kind of behind the scenes to, to create some, I guess for lack of a better word, like income streams that I'm not necessarily physically present for, like maybe eBooks or a course or something like that. And it's so funny because the way that I wrote it all out, pairs so beautifully with what this year is going to have in store. Like I, our family is going to be going through some really big changes in October. And if I had picked a retreat date already, it probably would have been in November, just like it was last year. And wow, (laughs) that wouldn't have worked. So one of my friends in, in the mastermind that I'm in said, gosh, Emily, isn't that just the most perfect example of it's already been decided for you? Like you knew, you knew. Before you even know, you knew. So it's really taught me to listen to myself and follow my intuition. And I'm excited to continue that forward. And I'm excited for the way that the next several months will be a beautiful representation of how much I have grown and evolved and changed in the past four years. 
like I said, my last two pregnancies, I had no mind-body connection. I treated my body like trash, like trash when I was pregnant. I was like, I can't exercise because I'm pregnant and I don't need to exercise because I'm pregnant and I can eat literally whatever I want because I'm pregnant. And yeah, there's some truth to like you have to, you have to, you know, eat what you can keep down and whatnot. But I used pregnancy as an excuse to do or not do things that actually really were detrimental to my physical health and to my body in the long run and my emotional and mental health, honestly. So, you know, I'm approaching this with a lot of grace and compassion for myself. I'm certainly not expecting to hold myself to an unrealistic standard because I know how to meet myself where I'm at now. But I also know, I also know that it's just going to be different. And I'm very excited to bring you along for this ride, one that I wasn't expecting. And I am excited of what, you know, opportunities for impact that this could have because the season of life it's unique and it's scary and it's hard. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but that's, uh, that's what's new over here in the Russell house over in West central Illinois. Other than that, <laughs> we did have to buy a truck this week. We just got a Jeep last summer and Andrew goes, um, so the Jeep won't fit three car seats. <laughs> So we did just we did just get a truck. Although I have convinced him to hold on to the Jeep through the summer so that we can enjoy it. Because gosh, that's just so fun. So if you are interested in a Jeep, it will be available as soon as it gets cold outside. Holler at ya, girl. Anyway, until next time, I am so, so forever grateful for you. And so thankful to be on this journey called Life Together. Have a great week. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushell over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.